Welcome back to the Keeper League podcast. We're the AFL fantasy podcast that doesn't talk about the superstars. We only talk about the lesser knowns and the players who will bring value to your draft and Keeper League teams. Uh, Trade period, free agency period has just finished and I've got Louis in the studio to talk to me about uh, yeah some of the players that have moved clubs. How you doing, Louis? Good, mate. Yeah, good to be in this setup here. It looks a lot like mine at home, mate, I promise you. You sure? Your studio is, uh, is well set up? Oh, yeah. I probably need a few more lights and cameras to equal you, but yeah, yeah, no, not too enough. far yeah. off. Or I'll keep aspiring to have a studio like yours one day, Luke. <laughs> the blanket hanging up in the back. <laughs> yeah, that's it. The, the sound baffling. You can't, you know, you can't mess with a tried and true method. Exactly. Of, uh, it works. Acoustics. It works. Correct. Uh, well, how have you been, Luke? Oh, not bad, mate. Not bad. Just uh, come off work today. For yeah, knocked finish. off a big day today, so uh, yeah, yeah, a little bit wide, but keen to talk some footy. I was just wondering if you had any time to call up um, Five AA or SCN <laughs> today because you've had a bit of a making a bit of a name for yourself on those radio shows yeah, these days. Yeah, yeah. You want to tell the listeners what's happened there? <laughs> oh well, um, oh, sometimes I call up the radio and. Um, I had a I had one that went I've had a, probably two That's or three that have viral. gone a little bit viral and a uh, few people have connected the dots worked out that it's actually myself um, but there is there is a few other Louis uh, across the radio station so it's not always me but um, I do like to to ring up and yeah you probably heard my port one where I hammed it up a little bit and, <laughs> I uh, do know your voice went so for a headline you so. say there's other Louis out there but I definitely know when it's you calling up that's for sure <laughs> yeah there's a, few, there's a few on the text line so. <laughs> <laughs> Give me uh, a bad name. But yeah, no, very funny. If you haven't uh, found it, I think it ended up on Big Footy. People were talking about it. Yeah. Like the port board and stuff like that. So. I know it went on TikTok as well. Oh, so. yeah, it did too. Classic. <laughs> but yeah, anyways, I was wondering if anyone else uh, made the connection. Well, they will now. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> anyway, we'll uh, get stuck into trade and free agency recap. Um, let's just dive straight in. James Jordan, he went to uh, Sydney. So we'll just think about for all these trades, the impact on the player, the impact on the new club in terms of role and the impact on the old club in terms of opportunity it provides for anyone else as well. So for James Jordan, I guess when we think about Melbourne, it's probably less competition for someone like Tom Sparrow who got a reasonable share of midfield time last year, but uh, James Jordan did go back in there towards the end of the year. Um, It's probably less competition for something like someone like him. But then like Sydney's the interesting side of things really. So they've chased some midfielders, but I don't know, what's your opinion? Do you think that midfield is even that bad to begin with? Sydney's midfield? Yeah. No, I think uh, Sydney's midfield is pretty strong. They've got a good dynamic in there and uh, they were able to hold a torch up to the rest of the teams uh, this year, obviously making the finals. So James Jordan, though, I'm not entirely convinced he's going to be a regular part of that uh, centre bounce rotation. Uh, He broke in it in Melbourne's um, through periods, but we've seen players like that, like a Sparrow, even a Dunstan a few years back would would break in and get a few games in there, but not be able to string it together consistently. What's interesting about James Jordan is he goes back to the VFL, plays full-time mid and absolutely kills it. So it's not not an issue of lack of ability. It's more of an issue that uh, he just can't get that role in the one side. And I think that may continue at Sydney next year, uh, but I do rate him as a classy player and it wouldn't surprise me either if he can put up some some decent wing numbers maybe an 80 plus yeah. uh, playing for Sydney and that might be enough in your keepers and I think 
coming from a classic perspective, he's pretty cheap there too. So that might be enough as well. He always peaks a little bit of interest because of that start to the 2021 uh, season. When he, I think he won the like the the traders' best rookie of the year. What do they call it? The uh, Michael Barlow Medal mm. that year. So he, that's how the kind of pedigree he comes from. It's just that the opportunity hasn't been there, and probably the role as much hasn't been there as well in the last few years. But he's one to look at, given that he's a new club. They could have that new um, new club bump there as well that we sometimes see as well. Uh, the next trade to uh, come off was Matt Flynn joining the Eagles. I don't really get why Matt Flynn actually went here. I don't think it's going to be fantasy relevant at all, so we probably don't need to worry about it. But he's probably the player that will get picked up late in keeper leagues is like your backup ruck, your cover and stuff like that. Um, we'll cover for a, if you've got a West Coast Ruckman. But in my opinion, Bailey Williams was pretty good last year. Um, is he the backup option or do you think he's gone there to be the number one option? I think he's gone there to be the number one option okay. because just listening to uh, obviously the Eagles are – Always talking on the radio, just uh, having pick one and all that. So it's always topical for the Eagles list managers and what, they, what they're sort of doing. During the trade period, I sort of got the impression that they wanted Matty Flynn as the main guy and that perhaps they see Bailey Williams as more of a sort of pinch hitter and a better forward. Yeah, uh, yeah maybe. That being said, Matty Flynn's pretty capable up forward too. So they might want to run that sort of one-two split. We know their depth isn't amazing and their tolls have lost a couple uh, over the off-season too. So I could see Matt Flynn actually being the number one ruck for West Coast and what that sort of uh, results in as a fantasy score, I'm not sure. I, I know when he has played for the Giants, he's put up some decent numbers, but he's also put up some flaws. So a little bit more opportunity, a uh, little bit more confidence. He's Mature age, I think he was about 29 years old when he debuted for GWS. So, uh, yeah, one to watch, I think. And like you said, he could be a sneaky little uh, back end of the draft pickup. Yeah, I don't know. I just I thought Bailey Williams was pretty solid this year. So, it it's going yeah. to be interesting to see how it goes. They've got Harry Barnett in the wings as well. He was the best ruckman in last year's draft as well. He's going to take three, four years from now. Like he's been the last few years, we've seen Ruckman generally take about twenty four before they start playing consistently. I think he got like a game too. Didn't he got he? one, I reckon. But game. I think it was when every like literally everyone was injured, so yeah. they didn't really have anyone else to sub. choose from. Yeah, <laughs> so um, yeah, he came on there. So I don't know, but he's one to watch because if he is, if he does kind of break through and make the uh, the best twenty two. I don't think it's going to be last for a long time because I think Barnett is going to come up and overtake in the next few years anyway. So, anyway, interesting. Matt Flynn. Louis reckons he might be good enough to break through. We'll have to wait and see. Um, Joel Hamling joins Sydney. I, that's just the Paddy McCartan replacement, isn't he? There's nothing real fantasy relevant there. Yeah, pretty. I forgot he was on a list, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. He was a premiership player a few years ago. For the dogs, he? yeah, right. Crazy. Um, Tom Duday, he became a lion. But um, I guess that's a good trade for Brisbane, but I'm not. he's not one I'm going near from a fantasy perspective, are you? No, it, it probably opens up a few more of those halfbackers at the Lions so they can sort of focus on their uh, yep. primary game. Yep. Dodie's going to be more of a defender and yep. probably put up similar numbers to what he did at Adelaide. And then the next trade that went through was um, Goldstein. Todd Goldstein went to the Bombers. Um, that's just going to open the door for Tristan Cherry now, right? Has to. Yeah. So. He's been banging the door down for three years. He was another one who, uh, when he goes back to VFL, he's just far too good for that competition. So, yeah. I think them finally shifting off gold, uh, Goldstein. And even last year, it felt like they were sort of ushering him out the door yeah, a little end, bit. Definitely. So, uh, I think they see Tristan Cherry as the main man. He's coming in at about 24, 25 now, which is prime time for a Ruckman. So, yeah, for sure, Cherry season. <laughs> Good to see. Do you think Goldstein offers anything at the Bombers? Like, if Draper gets injured like he usually does or anything like that? 
Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be their best ruckman. Yeah, pro- probably. That no, I'm doesn't serious. Really, yeah. Doesn't really say much. What about from a fantasy perspective, though? I think Essendon like to play two rucks. They played two rucks at every opportunity they could all year. I think Nick Bryan got a fair run of games when Drape was injured. Um, and who was the one that retired? Phillips, um, Phillips retired, Andrew Phillips. Um, so they always played two throughout the year. So he's going to be probably rucking in tandem with either Draper or Nick Bryan. I just don't see him putting up a decent... Fantasy average, that's all. Yeah, I think it'll probably be more of what he put up the last couple of seasons, yeah. which was sort of those 80 marks. But Serviceable. that being said, that's better than the other Essendon Ruckman yeah. there too. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't just- be surprised to see a Nick Bryan or probably more likely a Sam Draper be taken in a draft before Goldstein yeah, and then 100%. take Goldstein yeah. after and maybe even get a higher average out of him. Yeah, definitely. Um, next trade that came through was uh, McKay, Mackay. Mackay, isn't it? I always get those three mixed up to mixed up um he joins Essendon uh key defender though I don't really see how that really changes anything for anyone really doesn't really leaves West Coast I mean uh leaves um, North Melbourne in a pretty crazy position where they don't really have a lot of key defensive options they already already are pretty light there no well they keep drafting midfielders don't yeah, they so a bit crazy but anyway um I don't think that kind of affect anyone fantasy wise what about James Harms going to the Bulldogs what do you think he's been recruited for it's an interesting one because when I uh, saw this, I sort of thought, well, the dogs are stacked um, in the midfield, obviously. Yeah. They've already got a log jam there. He played a little bit of half back at Melbourne as well. And I thought to myself, well, they're stacked there as well, the dogs. So I've got a feeling that he'll be coming in to play that sort of high half forward pressure role yeah, that yeah. comes into the midfield. Yeah. How that translates to fantasy, I'm not sure. We know that he does have a bit of a fantasy game about him when he's in the in right the role. But yeah. um, as we've seen, playing that high half forward role, if you're not constantly pushing up to the stoppage and playing amongst it, yeah. and you're more defensively minded, then that average can take a little bit of a tank. Sort of think your Patrick Lipinski's sort of average where he's 65, 70, where they do a little bit to show you something, but they can't break through to be worthwhile. Yeah, and I think you're right. Well, yeah, we've seen it too many times in the past now. It's not going to change now that he's gone to another club, I don't think. The, I think the only thing interesting was like, some of the wording in the interviews when he went to uh, to the Bulldogs. It was very much like we need like a defensive midfielder slash tagger like to do that role when we need him to do. So we might see some we might see some midfield time in there, but if it's in that real defensive post, it might not be worth looking at. He only had twenty seven percent CBAs in twenty twenty three, so he's going to be a forward option, obviously. Um, but yeah, if he's a forward option that can get a little bit of time in the midfield, there might be something there. He's one that you throw a late pick at as well, like with no intention to keep going forward. It's just it's there, and he should get opportunity. We've seen with Bevo that he will play these uh, not no namers but these guys that have just plucked out of nowhere yeah, that yeah. nobody seems to rate. Uh, I'm not saying James Harms is the case, but uh, there is room in the team. It's just how he's deployed. Now, the next trade that came through was Dylan Stevens. He went to North Melbourne. Um, what's your opinion on him? So, I don't see him breaking into the midfield at North, do you? Like, no. to the inside mid. So, he's, he's going to be a winger. Enough. Kind of compliment Bailey Scott, who had like a bit of a, a breakout year. Like, how many clubs have two solid wing- wingmen in their side? Like, that fantasy, fantasy-wise, I mean. Yeah, probably Melbourne and Carlton. Yeah, and even then, like, we saw Melbourne fall away. I guess Collingwood, maybe, with um, with Dacos and yep. Sidebottom. Yep. Like, it doesn't happen too often, though. So, yeah, especially in a side that's not dominating as well. You need to be a pretty decent side for your wingers to be, you know, going pretty well, I think. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, I'd, yeah, like, I'd, he's one that, again, like, I'd probably throw a late pick at. No, probably, I don't know, probably in that mid-range, really. What do you What do you think? 
now, probably a late pick for me. Yeah. Uh, as we know, the Clarko system definitely favours possession football. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think they're going to be attacking up one side of the wing and defending down the other. And I just don't see them moving Bailey Scott out of that position. So Yeah, they really like him. Dylan Stevens, he's really going to work, have to work extra hard to find his possessions. And yeah. I don't think it'll translate. I think he's in their best 22, which is like yeah. better than what he could be said for at Sydney. But whether he just becomes a fantasy name... Or just even serviceable for your keep legs. I'm not sure it's going to happen. That's all. If he's if his ball use can be up to scratch, I could see him dropping back. Yeah. As well, maybe onto a half back flank. Uh, he's sort of slight. He's not going to be on the inside. So yeah. Um, there might be some relevance there, but I think he's still going to be on the outskirts of that 16 to sort of 25 range, depending on form of that squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, Dossie's mate, Chrissy Burgess. I think that's how he pronounces it. Burgess? Burgess? Yep. I think it's definitely Burgess, but we'll just go with the way that Dossie says it. Um, whatever his role is at the Crows, whether it's as a key forward. He's playing key forward in the VFL, wasn't he? Yes. And yep. then they reckon they've recruited him as a key defender. I don't care what he plays. Um, I don't see him being a fantasy option. If he goes forward, though, could we see someone like Phil Thorpe, spend more time in the ruck, maybe push O'Brien out. I know that's wishful thinking, but what do no, you reckon? I think that's the plan. Yeah, I, I think they want to slowly move Phil Thorpe into the middle, uh, do a little bit more rucking, and uh, that Chris Burgess might be able to offset that a little bit. I'm a little bit like you. I'm not convinced that he's um, best 22 every single week, but yeah. as we saw this year, when a few Crows defenders, I think Nick Murray, Tom Doty, both of them got injured fairly early on and they were left a little bit light on in defence. So, uh, to be able to have somebody like that, who's a bit of a swing man, I know you said he's going to play forward too, but yeah, um, good depth player. So, the next trade that came through is probably probably the biggest of the trade period in terms of fantasy and that's Brody Grundy going to the Swans. That's huge for both our oh, classic, our drafts, our keeper leagues, like startup keeper leagues. That rockets him up the, up the rankings, doesn't it? Oh, number one. Honestly, I'm not sure you could have had a more relevant move during this trade period than Brody Grundy at an already discounted price uh, from a classic perspective. And uh, there's probably a few in keeper leagues that are a little bit off of him too that are suddenly going to be high on him again because I just can't see him going up to Sydney and uh, not being at least a 95 plus averaging ruck because he's just too talented for that. And as we said, um, with the Sydney midfield, he's probably another midfielder on top of that again. So yeah, uh, he should be fairly effective there. And uh, maybe we get the old Grundy of um, the old days back. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing because like with Max Gorn being the number one ruck at Melbourne again, like Gorn owners are going to be super, super happy as well that yeah, that he's gone as well because we saw what happened when Grundy went out of the side. Gorn came back, so we might be going back to the set and forget days of old. Although I don't know how you got overtake Tim English these days, but Gorn just stepping towards Melbourne for a sec. Gorn will be an interesting one because uh, as he was rucking solo in the back end of that season and Grundy was playing twos, there was a lot of uh, conjecture from the media and I think even at club level that Gorn needs a rest. So yeah. That's not going to last 23 rounds next year. Yeah, fair. You could start him, of course, but um, maybe a bit of caution on that body there. Who is the next ruck in, ruck in line at uh, Melbourne? I couldn't, I couldn't name another one. Jeez, good question. Well, yeah. they just picked up um, somebody we'll talk about uh, shortly. Yeah. But in terms of tolls uh, coming through in the ruck, I think there's a few no-namers there, really. I'll yeah. Scroll past them on Fantasy App sometimes yeah. in the 200k range. Oh, it's going to be interesting for the, the Gorn handcuffs out there anyway. Um, another Sydney move. These two came through pretty quick, but Taylor Adams went up to Sydney. I don't know what I make of this one. Like, because he's got the four, he's going to have the fours status, he might be handy for our fantasy sides. He might be a, a player that you target 
if you're gunning for a flag, you don't really care about age in your team at the moment. You just want to get some forward scorers in. Do you think he gets a role in the midfield permanently? And yeah, what do you reckon? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I think he's in that midfield um, permanently. I think that's why he's gone across to Sydney. I think Sydney want to play him there. He's probably a slightly younger upgrade on Luke Parker just for now. Uh, Luke Parker, very effective forward too, so they can sort of swap um, respective positions. And with that forward status and the lack of forwards that we've got next year at this stage, uh, I think... Taylor Adams uh, behind Brody Grundy is going to be one of the more relevant fantasy players that we're looking at next year. So I was thinking that because you're a man who loves to get his spreadsheet uh, spreadsheet out early. Like you've probably got it already. You've got your team picked for next year probably. Price is estimated, all that sort of stuff, right? Pretty close. Yeah, yep. yeah. <laughs> Taylor Adams is in it. Tyler Adams in there. There we go. Good to He's hear. one of the first picked. Now, what does this mean at uh, Collingwood, I guess? Does it provide opportunity for someone else? So, do we see someone like maybe Lipinski spend a bit more time in the midfield on that half-forward line as well? Or does someone like Nick Dacos just completely eat up all those minutes? Do you think it's just an even spread? What do you I, think happens I at Collingwood? I think um, the messaging this off-season has been pretty clear that they want to bring through the youth now. Okay. They want to start developing them and the best time to develop them is going to be in the first half of the season yep. uh, before you build up towards the finals. So are I think you, Are you Finn, alluding to Finn McRae? Yeah, I think I think <laughs> Finn McRae will come in. I know they rate that Ed Allen. Quite yeah, a definitely, bit. yep. Um, I rate Ed Allen. Yeah. And a slightly different position. I know that Jacob yep. Ryan was was banging the door down late before he got that. Well, he, yeah, played he played and got, got that concussed, concussion. Yeah. So there's a bit of youth coming through, and I think that's how they'll uh, replace them early on in the season. I would love to see those two young, a young guys get a game. Finn McRae as well does excite me a bit if he can get a gig, given that what his brother's been able to do at Western Bulldogs over his career. So, or his half brother, whatever. Um, all right, next one. Zach Fisher joins North Melbourne. So. Doesn't really affect anyone at Carlton because he was in and out of the best 22. I think he in the last kind of six or seven rounds, he kind of got a gig, but then I think he was out come finals again. So I'm not, I'm not sure who that really affects. You might see someone like Jackson Binns come in ahead of him. Like, you know, when someone does drop out, they like some of those youth or younger players might come in. Elijah Hollands is in now as well. He probably gives will offer the same amount as Fisher does for them anyway. Um but yeah, what happens to Fisher at North Melbourne? So does he continue that halfback role, do you reckon? Well, if he does, he shoots up the relevant list because yeah. uh, I think he's got the mid-only status at the moment or yeah, he's got no, mid-forward. mid-only. I don't know how it will calculate on the last six weeks. I think over a season-long average, I don't think he, he'll be close. That's, yeah, but not well, sure if he get there. From a draft perspective, keeper draft perspective, that might be a good thing that you can get him a little bit later yeah. again and, and slide him into your defence post yep. round five. Uh, I think there's a little bit of relevance here. Um, he has shown a capacity to score... Uh, I think there's legitimate reasons why he hasn't always been the most consistent player at Carlton and there's no guarantee that he'll find it at North Melbourne either but what we have seen at North is that half-back brigade do work well quite quite well together and uh, they do like to share around the pill. There could be a change next year as Clarko starts to straighten up, obviously only coached the, the first eight games or so last year but yeah. um, I think he's one to watch. If he does slide into that role then uh, we could have somebody sort of out of left field that's super relevant for us next year. Because there is kind of a hole at North Melbourne because like Zeeble retired, obviously played a fair chunk of this year. There's a patch in the middle where he was uh, sub every second game but uh, apart from that he played pretty well and scored pretty well back there. So a lot of people thinking like you know alongside Sheasel, can Sheasel still score with him there? Yes obviously he can. Um, does Sheasel continue to play that role across halfback or do you think he starts to get moved into the midfield or go back forward like his junior days? What are your thoughts with him? Oh, I think you keep him where he is. Yeah, he's doing pretty well Playing good footy there. So then do you think someone like uh, Fisher goes in ahead of Miller Bergman or Josh Goder 
Or do you think they continue to develop them? It's going to be interesting, that's all. Potentially. He could even be uh, jostling with our man before, Dylan Stevens for yeah. that last spot. Well, he did play on the wing a bit at Carlton too. So, yeah, that's a, that's another good option. It looks like they're definitely trying to target those outside runners though and they see Fisher as one of those outside runners to come in and do a job there somewhere. Yeah, uh, yeah. if he's, you know, monitor the preseason reports, if it looks like he's going to play, could be an interesting option to draft later on in your drafts. Um... Jade Gresham joins the Bombers. Sounds like he's in for a similar role at Essendon. Do you think he has much upside there? Not really. I think yeah. he's a um, momentum burst player yeah. that does good things in spurts and then goes missing. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm of the same opinion, to be honest. I think the midfield is probably even harder to crack at the Bombers because I think they roll probably a little bit deep with the player. Not deep in terms of talent, but deep in terms of just general players that they roll through there, the I on, think. The only thing, he, he could take Stringer's sort of CBA role yeah. and run straight down to the forward line, which yeah. we've seen him do for a number of years. But yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think there's going to be much relevance here. Do you think um, at St Kilda there's someone who kind of eats the CBA? I don't think they were huge anyway, the CBAs that he got, but is there a player that you think might eat the CBAs up? Not particularly. I think Saints, um, a little bit like I said with North Melbourne, might yeah. throw up a little bit of a different look next year as yeah. Ross Lyon sort of gets his way. We saw what he's done with the list over the off-season and yeah. I think he's a man with a plan and uh, we'll start to see that come to fruition soon. Yeah. My thinking is maybe Paddy Dow goes in there a bit more, but that might be at the expense of someone like Seb Ross, to be honest. And um, it probably should be. Yeah, yeah. I reckon, like, thanks to Stevie Fizz for this stat, but Paddy Dow is one of the most effective clearance players per CBA this year. Yeah, so right, had, like, there you go. stupidly high amount for the amount that he had, if that makes sense. Not that he was, you know, a gun player and always in there, but when he did go in there, he was, yeah, pretty effective with what he did. See so, if he can back it up. Yeah, that might be something they've targeted <laughs> St. Kilda. The other thought as well, like, um, maybe Mateus Philippou, steps it up just a little bit because I think there's someone he's someone that they probably want to get in the midfield a little bit more and Gresham going out might just give him a little bit of an edge next year I'm still probably thinking maybe he's another year away from a breakout though it might not happen in 2024 could it mean uh, Machito Owen spends more time up forward maybe um, yeah maybe sort of pegged for a midfield role but yeah. I'm not sure he's, he's pretty effective ready, up yeah. forward yeah I don't know yeah it's, it's they got a lot of the young players that could come through so we just have to watch the preseason reports there as well um, Melbourne get Tom Fullerton so he might be that backup for, for Gorn maybe um, they also need a key forward target because they've got Petty that it looks like they want to play Harrison Petty up as a forward now um, Jason Van Ruyen um, is obviously going to be obviously, he's a star in the making I think he's a good young player um, so there's something I think it's maybe just depth that they're going in um, what are your thoughts with Tom Fullerton given that he didn't really play at Brisbane I think he'll just be depth yeah. I think Gorney will probably be the main guy and uh, Jacob Van Ruyen probably backs him up and yeah. then uh, getting a little bit tall after that you've also got Fritch in there too so yeah. uh, hey form might warrant picking him but at this stage I think he'll just be depth yeah I agree um, Eagles secured Tyler Brockman that was the next trade do you think what output do you think we'll get at West Coast oh I not not high, yeah, not high. Small, it's uh, small, small forward for yeah. a poor side at the moment. I think he might even uh, be better performed at Hawthorne than what he is at <laughs> um, West Coast next year in terms of a fantasy output. That's a that's a fair call, I think. The other one was um, Biggie Newen went to North, so he's a player that I guess they probably got to replace Mackay. He's tall, he's pretty versatile, looks like he's going to be used as a key defender. I can't see much fantasy output coming there. No, you? No. no. We'll move on. Um uh, Lockie Schultz went to Collingwood after this. He actually had his career best season in terms of fantasy, so 78 points. He got that little bit of midfield time, but he was a bit of like a, a big fish at Fremantle. There's a lot of other players of a similar mould at Collingwood 
And yeah, again, I'm not sure he gets that little bit of midfield time like he got at Frio. What what are your thoughts on Schultz at Collingwood? Well, he could because they are getting older in that midfield. They've yeah. lost Adams, who wasn't exclusively yeah, could play in the a similar midfield. type role. Yeah, uh, I think it'll be a pretty similar role. I think the average probably comes down a little bit. Yeah, uh, just because Collingwood across the board um, sort of fall flat on averages. They're yeah. not the the Nathan Buckley that we sort of uh, came to knew a couple of years ago. Uh, too good for the podcast, I heard as well. Uh, he did actually get yeah, put up, yeah. But uh, I'm, I, he might be back next year. I think he's a 70 player. Yeah, I think you're right. But that's going to be pretty decent in uh, for next season because there's not a lot of forward as options. A forward, so, yeah. yeah, he's probably someone you will need to target probably as your F3, F4 kind of range next season. But uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, anything, anyone at Frio that really gets a bump? Like Swikowski played midfield a lot, well, a bit of midfield time in the back end of last year. I'm just hoping that he doesn't kind of go full-time forward as a result because he's on my watch list at the moment. Well, he could because uh, they probably don't have as much depth coming through yeah. uh, in that forward line, but they do have a couple of young midfielders that uh, deserve more opportunity. Erasmus is one of yeah, them and uh, the the other one, uh, Matthew Johnson too, yep. probably begging for more opportunity. So we might see a shift that way. Yeah, maybe. Um, Liam Henry, speaking of Fremantle, uh, he went to the Saints. Um he just continues that wing role at the Saints. He's a mid-only next season, I think, which probably hurts. Could go around that 80 mark, I think, if everything goes well. And I think the positive is it keeps uh, Wangany Miller on that half-back line because that's where everyone wants him to play. Doesn't have to go further up the ground. Uh, did you see anything being different at St Kilda? Not particularly. I think that if you looked up Brad Hill's highest average at the Saints, yep. that that would be Liam Henry's Absolute ceiling. Yeah, probably probably right. I reckon it's good for someone like O'Driscoll back at Fremantle who kind of plays that wing role, might be that number one outside player because they've lost a lot of wingers in the last couple of years with uh, Akers heading to Carlton as well and they've been dented. So he's the next in line there. So anyone that kind of they're looking for on the outside, he might be that next player. So hopefully it, uh, it bodes well for O'Driscoll owners out there or people that are going to draft him in their drafts next season. Um, Shane McAdam went to the Demons. Uh, yep, doesn't really affect anyone really. The only thing I'm thinking is it might allow Cozzy Pickett to go in the midfield a little bit more because they might not rely on him up forward as much. But Cozzy's just a pinch hitter in the midfield anyway, isn't he? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so not much going on there. Interested in this one. Now, Nick Caulfield went to the Bulldogs. I really rated him in his COVID year with the um, the BCV adjustment for his average. Uh, went at 77.5 in that year, and it looked like a breakout was really coming then. Obviously got hit with uh, injury. It was an ACL, wasn't it? And then he was in and out this year Yep. Um, with a hamstring, and I guess that's usually a flow-on from your ACL and stuff like that and a lot of soft tissue things that were going on. Um what do you think his role is at Western Bulldogs? Um, is he a kind of third tall option or is he a running halfback flanker? Does he play somewhere completely different? What are your thoughts? I think he's probably that third tall. Uh, he might sometimes have a defensive job. Other times he can sort of float off and do what he likes. Uh, we know he's got fantasy pedigree. We've seen it uh, when he was playing early on in his career. I think that there's a bit of relevance here. We know that the dogs like to share it around a little bit, and uh, we've always seen that that halfback flank of the dogs has always been pretty conducive of fantasy points. You know, Bailey Dale, Caleb Daniel, um, Jason Johannesson at times as well, all going yeah. 85, 90 plus. Um, even Sam Darcy, when he's gone there, albeit little football, has managed to pick up a few marks and, and find a bit of the pill. I think Nick Caulfield's probably further along in his development than that. So um, that 77.5 adjusted is 
probably uh, everything goes well. Everything maybe. goes well, yeah. and um, if he can do that, happy days. He's going to be someone certainly in draft keeper leagues that's going to be a bit of a sleeper. Uh, you might be able to get him quite late, um, and in classic is probably a must start if he has a good preseason. Circling back to your uh, classic spreadsheet, he's in there. Yes. That's <laughs> making you give away all your uh, secrets, Louis. Sorry. Um, Paddy Dow. Uh, yeah, he went to St. Kilda. So we talked about that before. Thanks to Stevie Fizz for this stat. One of the most effective uh, midfielders for clearances last season per CBA. I think it was the best, one of the best CBA to clearance ratios in the whole league, I think. So, yeah, just wasn't used in there that much. That was all. Um, I reckon he's, he goes in there, though. I reckon he goes into that St. Kilda midfield. They give him a decent run. I reckon it might free up someone like Jack Steele a little bit more to do less of the contested stuff and maybe get a bit more on the outside, although he's a tackling machine and that's where he needs to kind of get his point scoring back up. I, I, I think someone like Severos could be in trouble. I think that's the kind of player that might be hindered by. Yeah, I think he's Dow. the obvious one and uh, I tend to agree. I think Paddy Dow will be in that midfield. Uh, his average will obviously go up slightly because slightly. of that, but I don't think it's going to necessarily benefit anybody else around him. If yeah. anything, I could probably see a collective drop-off from the other three or four midfielders in that rotation uh, on average, which maybe isn't a good thing for Jack Steele, but no, probably um, not actually. potentially he's able to spread more. Um, I think as well with Dow, though, we'd remember it's got no forward status this year, I don't think, because he played too much midfield time across, because they do take in VFL into account as yep. well, because they do the stats for that as well. I think he was solely mid for last season. Season, so that's not going to help people there. Um, Big Soldo joins the power. What are your thoughts on this one, Louis? Yeah, it was an interesting one. Probably didn't expect him to land at Port Adelaide, but yeah. uh, managed to. So, yeah, the forward status is nice. Yeah, uh, he should keep it this year. Yeah, that brings in a lot of relevance. Yeah. Uh, He's what well, he comes in price at about seventy. So yeah, um, look, he's going to be solid for you. I think Scott Lysette's best year at Port, or sort of his median average, even would have been about eighty yeah, to eighty-five. 80 so mark, yeah. uh, potentially, there's you know ten points improvement there. And if he's got more chops than Lysette, maybe a little bit more. He's someone as well that'll probably slide a little bit in your drafts and uh, maybe carries a little bit of relevance in classic too, depending on the preseason. But uh, it's not sure what to think of him at port but it certainly um opens things up at the tigers doesn't it where they sort of previously preferred to play two tolls in the ruck and uh now it's just going to be big nank on his own yeah well do you think jordan sweet because like traditionally like port like to play either a ruck or a ruck forward type thing we saw with laddams uh back in the day goes in the ruck charlie dixon like probably more of a key forward but definitely goes into the ruck do you think they could try to play Soldo up forward a bit more and maybe play Jordan Sweet, who's the other player coming into the support? Pretend, it, it depends on how their chops are up forward, yeah. I think. Um, quite quickly, Port have gotten pretty tall in yeah. terms of their best 22, 23. So yeah. I think it'll likely be Soldo as number one and then somebody else comes in as a pinch hitter. Um, ironically, probably will be a tall defender. So yeah, um, we'll see where that radical ends. air maybe do a bit more. Yeah, yeah who knows? Uh, it's going to be interesting. Just yeah, kind of keep your ear to the ground on how they're going to line up uh, come round one and what they do in the preseason, how they've been training. I'll try to get down to a few training sessions and keep the eye on it uh, next year. I'll, I'll join you, mate. <laughs> Only around the corner. Uh, Jack Ginnivan, uh he's a hawk now. I just can't see him being a fantasy player. Can you? Nah, nah. He'll kick bags every now and then, like when Hawthorne progress and get better sounds like he's a pretty 
I don't know, controversial kind of player though as yeah, well. Like, he loves the bag, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it at that. Uh, Jordan Sweet, uh, he, we just mentioned that before. So, yeah, my thoughts is maybe that Soldo might, they might split or Sweet might be the number one and they play Soldo as that ruck forward a bit more. But, again, we don't really need to expand much more on that. We talked about that with Soldo. Again, just kind of wait and see what happens in the off-season with the pre-season reports. Um, Radigalia joins Port. Um yeah, he's not going to be relevant, I don't think, either in terms of fantasy. He's not one I'll be targeting at all. Um, Elijah Hollands went to the Blues. Um, he's another one that could become like part of their wing rotations because uh, they're playing Ollie Hollands on the wing come finals. Um, Blake Akers was the main guy out there. But I don't know. I just I don't know enough about him. I've seen him play six games in a stretch at the end of last season. And then that was probably about it. So Yeah, I'm not heaps keen on him. Like you, I haven't seen enough of him. I yeah. think that potentially if you keep an eye on him during the season, he could be a nice little waiver pickup for you. Yeah, if he's actually allowed to play because he's in a bit of trouble with the uh, law. With well. bags. Another one likes the bags. <laughs> um, yeah, he could get to his, like, he could match what his brother's putting out now. I think that's probably about what he's going to get to. That's about all. Um, Tigers get Kaczynski was the next headline that came through. So that's kind of like a, a rewalt replacement, do you think? I think so. I just wonder if maybe he is going to be the backup to Nank just as a chop out. Sorry, where? Um, oh, you mean at Kaczynski at the Tigers? Oh, he goes to the Tigers. He just kind of does Nank's role. Yeah, sorry. Oh, just, sorry as, does, just as a chop does out. Does Soldo's yeah. role kind of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Sorry, I was a bit confused then. Um, but yeah, no, that's a fair point. He might be the exact same role as what Soldo used to play. Yeah, definitely. Um Billings is the uh, next player. He went to the Demons. Billings was a player that excited um, a lot of players, a lot of fantasy players back in the day, probably two or three seasons ago. He had forward status, got a bit of a mid- midfield run, was that kind of flashy kind of player as well, burst player. Do you, Where do you see him playing at the Demons? I think he's going to be high half forward. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's got to add a little bit of class and um, connect that midfield to the forward group a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, as we know, he can hit the scoreboard and he, ha- he can go through the contest too and be pretty effective. Uh, he's someone who's dropped off a lot over the last couple of years and I was a little bit shocked at just how cheap he did go. Um, obviously, that's what he's been putting out. He's played very little footy in the last two seasons, but we yeah. know Billings at his best is very capable uh, unfortunately, in a half forward role, I just don't see it being relevant enough. Yeah, no, nah, neither. Like, and we've looked at other Melbourne forwards over the years, they're not really doing that much. He's not going to crack in that midfield because the midfield's too strong. So, yeah, Billings probably becomes another one that's just kind of, you know, you might play him as like, yeah, four, yeah, five, but that's probably where he's going to sit at, really. Um, <laughs> Jack Gunston went back to Hawthorne. This was a weird one, wasn't it? This was strange. Yeah, so, like, it just does not match anything that Hawthorne are doing, but whatever. I guess you got to look after your premiership heroes and stuff like that. So, brought him back. Do you even see him playing Gunston this year? Next well, year? He, what was so odd about it is he pulled himself out of the Lions team and said, look, yeah, I'm, I'm not, not good, good enough. enough here. Yeah. Um, and sort of writing was on the wall that he might retire there. And Yeah. Uh, now he's asked for a trade request home. I think he's good enough to play for Hawthorne. Yeah. Uh, he probably just slides into that Jacob Kaczynski role. Yeah. Which was not there every week though. Yeah. Well, and they've also brought in some, some other people that might yeah. challenge him for that. But I still find it um, hard not to see him playing. Yeah. Probably more games than not. Yeah. Because like the next guy that, that left was Brandon Ryan he was probably someone that was kind of looking like on the up for Hawthorne he's gone to Brisbane in a bit of a swap like it just seems strange I would have kept Brandon Ryan over Gunston but 
he obviously wanted to go. Oh, um, I'd, I'd love to see Brandon Ryan really kick on yeah. here. It'd be pretty interesting to it's see. Full Josh Kennedy style. Yeah. Brandon Ryan probably doesn't offer anything to us for another couple of years, though, I don't think. I think he finds it hard to crack the side up at Brisbane. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, it depends. I guess Gunston played in the end. Yeah. So, might see a few games here and there. But when they're at full stretch, I think um, they've got Danaher. You've got um, Hipwood doing too much up there to really help them out. Um, Mabia Chol went to Hawthorne as well. Um, I guess even in his career best season, which was last uh, year in 2022, uh, we still couldn't really rely on him then when he was kicking heaps of goals that season. So Hawthorne do like the ruck forward option. So we could see some ruck time from him here because um, he's probably the chop out. Because well, I guess they tried Lloyd Meek and by the end, end of the season, end up dropping him. I don't think Reeves can kind of fully carry the number one ruck load just yet. Maybe he's getting closer. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Chol? Probably doesn't become a fantasy relevant player, does he? When he's on, he's on. Yeah. And, and he looks great. But um, he just isn't consistent enough so he'll be a frustrating player next year and yeah might pop up with some half decent scores nothing amazing i wouldn't have thought but uh, i think there'll be plenty of floor there too now the next player i've got on the list is xavier dersma heading to essendon i had checkers in the studio here yesterday talking about um some aflw stuff he said he's received a few messages from you that you weren't happy with this trade I, I really love Xavier Dersma. Uh, massive fan of him. And uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty devastated that he's leaving the club. Yeah. So I guess the. the and and that's it. coming from a perspective where I, I don't think he's the best footballer, but yeah, yeah. I, I just love the guy. It's interesting. What what I find interesting, sorry, sorry, people who aren't Port Adelaide supporters here, but what I find interesting, we turned the Chad Wingard trade <laughs> into Ryan Burton and Brandon Zerk Thatcher and a couple of picks in the 70s or something like that. Like, what a flop. Like, I know, I know Chad Wingard hasn't really turned out but geez the capital he had when we traded him it's really yeah really it doesn't look so good in hindsight no, does it really it? doesn't but uh i guess he wants to be an inside midfielder that was a story here in adelaide that that's why um he kind of left uh we support basically said we couldn't offer you an inside role and he said well i'm going to try elsewhere um he goes to essendon where you've got merit you've got Parrish, you've got hobbs to a lesser extent you got shield and again to a lesser extent you've got perkins and caldwell all in there where does Xavier Dersma fit? On the wing. With Nick Martin and Sam Durham on the outside already. Yeah. It's like, it's a strange one for me. Like, there's, surely there's other clubs you could go to where they're going to provide you with more opportunities. Yeah, but they might not provide him with more money. <laughs> That's probably another factor too. Um, but yeah, I think he'll get opportunities on that wing for sure. It's just that... If, if, the, if that's the truth, he wants to play as an inside midfielder. I'm just not sure he plays it at Essendon. Lies. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, Port got Brandon Zerk Thatcher, key defender. No thanks there. And the last one on the list was Hawthorne get Massimo DM Brozio. I rate this kid. What do you think? Yeah, I haven't minded him um, at times for the Bombers. Yeah, he, he hasn't played a whole heap, but looked good when he has been in. He has, and he's gone to a team maybe a little bit like Dersma that seems to be pretty stacked across that half-back line. Uh, yeah. They've got a lot of different players in there that all bring different things as well. So, for all I know, he might get that opportunity and someone else has shifted out. But uh, if he does, then potentially that's um, a good role for him. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just... Yeah, like we look at their half-back line and it looked pretty strong at the end of last year. So, Carl Amon went back there in the end, looked really good across half-back. Um, Jarman Impey probably had one of his 
He's been consistent for about three years now. He's been a good player, long. yeah. Since yeah. that knee, he's come back really, yeah. really good. I'm just not sure if the potential score is going to be there immediately, but maybe once those other two, maybe, because they are getting on Amon and um, Impy as well. They are, but we're, we're forgetting, you know, Sicily obviously plays a different yeah, role, demands plenty of the pedal. A lot of fantasy points back there, though, he consumes. Blake yeah. Hardwick goes right under the radar. I yeah. think he's always good for an 80 average. Yep. And, um Keeper league keep, coaches would know that yeah. he's someone that you can uh, you can draft and get quite a good score out of, including some ceiling scores out of a few times a year. So he's definitely uh, got some competition, but I think the Hawks are pretty keen to get him on the list. Yeah, and, my gut um, feel is a long term option for them. Like yeah. they see is a kid with good foot skills, um, someone they can see as like a future user off the half back line. It just might take a few years to develop. That's all. But I've got him on my list, so I'm wondering: do I hold on to him or do I throw him back into the pool? I think at the moment. I don't. I've got enough good players. That I don't have to take the punt on a player like him, but he might be worth a bit of trade capital. I don't know. To wait and see. Anyways, I reckon that's all the trades, unless I've missed a few. But I think that's pretty much covered them. I think that's all of them, mate. Well, thanks, Louis, for coming on the podcast this week. All well, good. All good. We've got a been a been a while since we've done a um, a men's episode. We're doing the weekly AFLW episodes, of course. But uh, we've got uh, the draft as our next big factor. And you're really keen on your keeper league these days, aren't you? You've gone full. You're diving in, haven't you? Yeah, probably the last eighteen months. I've Almost flicked a switch towards keeper. <laughs> uh, Cracked it with classic. Oh yeah, a little bit. Yeah. I probably get more enjoyment out of keeper league yeah. um, overall uh, across a period of time, whereas classics a little bit of a, a sugar hit every single week, isn't it? Yeah, so, yeah. And it's kind of I don't know. A lot of people that take I don't really have an issue with it. But a lot of people take issue with everyone ending up with the same team, and you, you hit a bit of a log jam once you get to that kind of top two thousand range where it's very hard to make moves and stuff like that. At least in your keeper leagues, you got a bit of variety with your players and teams and stuff like that. So yeah, yeah. And it's good fun to scam your mates. If you can, if you can <laughs> schema this year but anyway alright we'll wrap it up there uh, thanks to our game day squad our major partner for supporting this show uh, head to keeperleaguepod.com.au become a member if you want to support the show and uh, yeah we'll talk to you in a few weeks when the draft hits thanks for having me mate can't wait thanks for coming in take it easy listeners and we'll talk to you soon